Chapter 2. Unwelcome Guests. The forest seemed darker than before. Turin sprinted between lumbering trees, batting aside wild fans that spotted the forest floor. She had to be wrong, the Illyrians couldn't have found them, not now. She could handle being wrong this time. Elements, she'd even take the tongue lashing when she finally caught up to the team when it turned out to be a false alarm. She had nearly convinced herself of that story when the voices rang through the trees. Her sprint abruptly halted as she stood, panting. The distant voices didn't come clear enough to make out, especially through her breathing. Testing the tension in her bow, she continued forward, slower and more cautious. A different voice responded to the first, not Jorgen's voice. This one was deeper, more resonant. Tarin pulled and knocked an arrow, then shifted into a crouch as she advanced. Ahead, the terrain shifted upward in a steep rise, the tree's lowest branches obscured the top of the slope. The voices had come from the top of it, or just beyond. No, you've got it all wrong, Jorgen said. He spoke in Old Imperial, heavy with a nasally southerner accent. We haven't taken anything. We're just explorers, trying to chart the mountains. Just give us your leave and we'll be off your sacred lands. Shit. The situation must not look very promising if he's trying to weasel his way out. He usually preferred to cut his way clear of tight places. She glanced around, searching for the barbarians that undoubtedly surrounded her company. If she could get the jump on some of them, that might be just enough for Jorgen to have a fighting chance. Though, no matter how hard she looked, she couldn't find the supposed ambushes. Then she spotted it, a shifting of white. The stag from earlier walked out and onto an outcropping of rock, which stood on top of the rise and off to the right. It was only just visible between the branches. This time, she wasn't the focus of its attention. Whomever Jorgen spoke to had replied, but Turin missed it with the distraction of the white stag's appearance. She realized that fact right after it happened. A decoy indeed. Sensing a reward for falling for the distraction, she strained her ears for any sign of movement. Behind her, a branch up in the trees shifted ever so slightly. Her instinct sent her dropping to the ground at the same instant a massive dark grey blur of feathers flew past, wings spanning almost enough to cover the gap between trees. It disappeared over the rise ahead before she linked it with the rock eagle she had seen earlier. Then it shrieked. An ear-wrenching sound that made her body lock up. A man screamed to join the bird, then everyone shouted at once. Unseen bowstrings thrummed, and arrows zipped through the trees. Terrin started to run forward until one such arrow sank a foot in front of her. Kroskaz's flaming ass. I'm going to get skewered by my own people. She might be a loyal merc to Jorgen, but she was a practical one. She needed a plan of approach. In her moment of hesitation came a new sound, that of a snarling wolf. A shriek of terror and pain quickly joined it as a tumbling mass of limbs and fur rolled down the rise in front of Turin. The poor merc trapped in the wolf's jaws appeared small in comparison to the beast. She almost loosed an arrow, but upon realizing the size of the animal decided it wouldn't do any good if she didn't land a kill shot. She ducked over and in behind a large fern, keeping her eyes on the wolf while taking aim with her bow. A cry from Jorgen stole her attention. 
She glanced up to see him crash into the rock outcropping where the stag had stood earlier before crumpling to the ground. But the majestic stag had once again vanished. The wolf popped up onto all fours when the pair came to a rest near the bottom of the rise. The limp mac hanging from its jaws had gone silent some time back. She couldn't tell who the poor fool was, but she never had gotten close to this new crew Jorgen had hired off Tashwin. A scant thirty paces separated her from the animal. A kill shot wouldn't be hard from that range. What made her pause was the silence. The fighting had halted. The intense stillness that settled in made her heartbeat sound like a war drum between her ears. Did her entire company of a dozen mercenaries just get wiped in a handful of seconds? If so, the death cry of this wolf would bring the band of savages upon her next. Merely thinking of the creature drew its attention. It dropped the corpse and turned its blood-soaked grey muzzle at her fern. Its thick coat of grey fur rose in a ridge down its back, like a plain stalker, only bushier. Its amber eyes bored through the vegetation and right into Tarin. They stared with an uncanny intelligence, almost like the stag from earlier but not quite as intense. She didn't need to debate long about loosing an arrow. The animal abruptly turned its head, aiming up the rise. A heartbeat later it padded up the slope and out of sight. Tarin let out a breath that she didn't remember taking. Her hands trembled as she relaxed the bowstring. How in the elements would she get out of this mess? Voices came from on top of the rise. They came in low, casual tones that were too muffled to make out. Then one raised above the rest, pleading, No, I didn't know. Just let me go, please. This voice was familiar, with a marshlander accent talking quick and jumbling his words together. Had that been trick? His pleas abruptly cut off to return the eerie silence. Turin wanted to leave, slip on out of there before she became the next recipient to an Illyrian blade. Only she couldn't leave, not empty-handed. She might as well have them kill her too if that was how it would play out. A figure walked across the top of the rise, popping in and out from behind the branches obscuring him. He was tall, like all Illyrians, and covered with hard, lean muscle. His leather vest and woven leather pants appeared free from the blood she would have guessed to cover them. A leather band wrapped about his head like a crown, holding back a manet of dark hair. It marked him as one of their warriors, or that's how she understood it. The face behind his dark beard, flecked with grey held no malice. If anything, he could have been confused with a man casually strolling through the woods, that is if Turin ignored the black-bladed short sword he carried in one hand. It took a moment before she realised his destination, the rocky outcropping where she had seen Jorgen's body crash against. Turin's head drooped. Any hope she had of recovering a heart stone or any of the impure seasonal stones the rest of the company had gathered, quickly diminished. Approaching footsteps pulled her gaze back up. That damned white stag had re-emerged, and of course walked straight down the slope and directly at Tarin. Its great spread of antlers seemed like a flag, warning anyone within sight of where she hid. The beautiful creature stopped midway down the descent, just shy of the merc slain by the wolf, though it paid the corpse no mind. Its eyes remained transfixed on Tarin, and she couldn't help but return the stare despite her increasing desire to run away. The stag's eyes shifted, turning bright golden in color, practically pulsing with their own light. 
Taren's fears and desire to flee quickly faded, replaced with a blanket of tranquility. Her skin tingled with warmth, as if wrapped in a plush blanket. The golden light in those eyes intensified until everything in Taryn's view became consumed by it. When her vision refocused, she was walking down a dark and narrow street, only faintly lit by a wave of fire essence in the night sky. It was Runeport's docks district. She couldn't place exactly where but recognized the faded and worn cedar warehouses. She turned to look inside a warehouse whose door lay open, half ripped from its hinges. A massacre like she had never seen before waited inside. Dozens of bodies lay strewn about the large space, barely lit by the glow of a couple dim lanterns. One figure stood amidst that carnage, a shirtless man in woven leather pants. Blood covered him, seeping from several wounds, though she doubted all the blood was his. His tall height claimed him as an Illyrian, and the pair of blades he wielded confirmed it. The black metal on his short sword and hand axe dripped crimson. As he turned towards her, she noticed a mark on his chest, a tattoo of sorts, but before she could make it out, her vision flashed again, filling with golden light. An external force pressed upon her throughout the vision, urging her to act, but to what end or action, she didn't know. That feeling lingered as her sight shifted. When the light faded, she was back in the forested mountainside, still staring into the stag's golden orbs. The animal blinked and she fell onto her hands, struggling to breathe. A queasy feeling rose inside as her stomach threatened to empty itself onto the forest floor. A desperate need to remain hidden was the only thing that kept it in check. Are we finished? asked a man. His old imperial didn't carry a hint of an accent, but the tone matched that of whom had spoken to Jorgen. Turin sucked in a breath and looked up. The Illyrian that she had seen walk to where Jorgen lay stood partway down the rise, wiping his short sword clean before sheathing it. However, he didn't look at Turin like she had originally feared but at the stag. The animal shifted its rack of antlers to peer back at him. They stood like that, staring at one another for a moment before he nodded. I see. Well, let's be off then. As he turned to depart up the slope, Turin noticed something in his hand, a golden glowing stone, just before he deposited it into a pouch on his belt. Jorgen's heart stone. Fucking elements, that should have been her heart stone. The stag followed the man out of sight. His conversation with his fellow barbarians faded as Turin was left alone to contemplate the utter failure of her mission and life as a whole. She stayed there for a long time, ensuring no one else waited to snare her upon emerging. After growing tired of imagining all the ways her life would get worse upon finally returning to Runeport, she ventured out from behind her fern and up the slope. The scene that awaited her wasn't half as gruesome as she had expected after passing by the wolf's victim. Her entire company lay scattered across the bed of pine needles. The neat and clean punctures from arrows covered their chests and backs, but the projectiles had all been reclaimed. A few bore larger wounds from the blades that had finished them at the end, Trig, the one she had heard pleading, was among them. His shoulders had also been raked by several sharp objects, tearing leather and flesh. Had the poor fool also been the victim of the rock eagle which had swooped in? How had that bird managed that and gotten clear of the forest? Not being close to these recently hired mercs, she didn't dwell over their corpses for long. 
After checking a couple for the seasonal elemental stones they had collected, she decided the Illyrians had already picked her companions clean. Perhaps she should have collected some herself, but then, maybe she would be right there with them. She soon found herself standing over Jorgen's dead body. He sat propped up against the bulging section of rock he had struck. Had he managed to crawl into that position, or had the Illyrian put him there, right before running him through? The blood staining Jorgen's chest told the tale of his life's final moment. She expected some form of sadness to take hold of her upon finding him, but nothing came. Only a fear of the lone and dark future that lay ahead filled her mind. Maybe she would end up meeting the same fate, probably by that wild Illyrian she saw in the stag's vision. The sensation of that experience sent a shiver down her spine. I'm absolutely losing it, she muttered. She wasn't prone for hallucinating, at least not without some red ash flowing through her. Yes, that's all it was, a hallucination, her mind fracturing as she looked at the bizarre animal. As she blinked, her eyes blurred with tears. Damn it, she cursed and wiped them clear with the back of a hand only for more tears to flow. She didn't even know why she was crying. It definitely wasn't for Jorgen. He had been an asshole, a true shit-swindling bastard. She groaned in frustration, tossing her bow to clatter against the rock face by her former captain. He looked tired, even in death. His scimitar lay on the ground beside him. At least the fool had managed to draw it in the fight. He always fancied the blade, boasting lies about how he had earned it. She probably wouldn't get half of what he had claimed it to be worth, but she could pawn it for a decent purse of embers. But how far would that get her? Through a handful of waves. No more than a season at most. He had a stash that he tried to keep hidden, but after several years filled with nights of booze, she had worked out its secret. Maybe its contents would buy her another season, or perhaps a purse big enough to get her off to somewhere else. But to where? She had nothing but bad memories stretching across the southern empires. Maybe to the Shattered Isles or among the northern ice lords. It was all too depressing to think about. She plopped down next to Jorgen's corpse and leaned against the rock beside him. She noted the well-crafted stilettos that lay sheathed inside either of his boots. Now those she could use and would keep. Gesturing at his boots she started to ask, Do you mind if I, she paused to glance over, like he might re-emerge from the shadow of death to voice protest. Yeah, didn't think so. She crawled forward and removed one of the knives, admiring the polished steel and balance of the weapon. It could go for a more decorative hilt and crossguard, but she wouldn't find a better blade. I don't guess this was the future you had in mind this morning, she spoke absently to her fallen companion. Personally, I'm kind of pissed off about that. Just thought you should know. She glanced over at his lulled head, picturing his face scrunching up in irritation. He'd probably curse her for calling him out on a false promise and then again for stealing his knives. Yeah, well, get over it, she muttered before turning to retrieve the second dagger. Her hand paused halfway to the boot. The leather around the boot's inner ankle bulged dramatically outward. Either he had a big piece of bone jutting grotesquely out right there, or something lay lodged within the boot. She recalled the limp he had been dragging about the mountainside since finding the two heart stones, and how he kept one hidden from the company, 
including her. And the Illyrian who had slain him, had that man only slipped one heart stone into his pouch. You shit-swindling bastard, she whispered. Excited anticipation filled Turin as she eagerly gripped the boot, jerking it forward and back to work it free of the foot. Jorgen's entire body wiggled with the effort, but she didn't care. The boot came free and something solid rolled about inside. She upended it and a plum-sized stone rolled out onto the ground. Golden light filled her smiling face. Set in an amber-colored crystalline structure, the heart stone was filled with a packed cloud of golden essence that slowly swirled inside. The fairly rounded stone had a lustrous finish for something which had naturally formed in the mountain, collecting upon various seasonal elemental waves. The surface felt surprisingly warm to her fingers as she picked it up. The sensation slowly spread through her hand and up her arm, causing her grin to spread even further. Despite not having the ability to channel it, the raw power of the stone infected her entire body with an exhilarating feeling. The soft padding of leather-soled shoes onto a bed of pine needles broke into her state of awe. The sound should have been impossible to make out, yet as she listened it was unmistakable. The Illyrians. They were returning. She quickly stuffed the stone into a pouch on her belt. Her fingers immediately regretted the deprivation of its warm touch. Instincts put her legs into motion, rising and readying to sprint before her mind reigned in control. The heart stone was worth a bloody elemental fortune, but without the contract she would never find Jorgen's buyer. The treaties in place with the mountain tribes strictly controlled trade of the precious stones. Finding a new buyer would take a long time, and that effort would most likely end with her in jail, if not stabbed in the back. She grabbed her former captain's pack nearby and searched it. Her panic drove her to dump its contents onto the ground. It mostly contained rations on the cusp of spoiling but no contract. Turning back to his body, her frantic hands padded him down, slipping into every pouch and pocket she could find. Parchment crinkled from within his blood-soaked jacket. From the inside pocket she pulled out the folded paper, which like his chest lay soaked in blood. She opened it to skim the contents. They were barely legible, though she caught the formal addressing of Jorgen Tarvish at the top and their guild seal at the bottom. Why did you have to come here? The angry voice of a man came from behind her, cutting short any detailed examination of the contract. Turin shot to her feet, clutching the bloody contract in one hand and one of the stilettos in the other. She took a step back while twisting to face her attacker. An Illyrian stood a dozen paces off. The sight of him confused her. He lacked the headband she had seen on other Illyrians, though he still carried the black metal blades. Both were drawn and held at the ready. Granted the weapons were crude things, the metal on the axe and sword didn't appear properly shaped or forged. He also lacked a beard, which made him appear rather youthful, and maybe he was. But his towering height was still built with lean muscle. There was something about him that was familiar to her, though she couldn't place it. His brown eyes narrowed as he took in the scene of Jorgen's pack and missing boot. Turin swallowed, looking for more of this Illyrian's barbarian kin in the woods behind him. She reckoned herself a good fighter, better than the average mercenary, but also knew she wouldn't last long against an Illyrian warrior one-on-one. -on -one. The man's jaw set as he leveled his gaze upon her, and his knuckles went white in their grip. 
Terin had been in enough fights to know what came next. But losing the battle and getting run through didn't frighten her. It was simply the knowledge that she'd end up dead and forgotten in these shadow-cursed mountains, just like Jorgen and the rest of them. Fitting, absolutely fitting.